Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. To a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Pleasure to have you with us today. I'm your host as always, Rhett uh, Mustache Matthew. There we go, almost forgot my own name. I don't even know if I want to keep going by Rhett Mustache Matthew because the beard's starting to come back in. I got the scruff going. I don't know. We won't talk about that now. Joined alongside me as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing uh, pretty good. How are you? I am doing good. Eagerly awaiting for sports to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a clear date. There hasn't been anything set in stone, but things are trending in the right direction. As we know, the U.S., things are trending the way that they are. I don't know. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but God damn, we need sports back sooner rather than later. And uh, I am just patiently waiting for the day. That's really... All I've been up to lately. Other than that, there hasn't been a whole lot going on. How are uh, how are you doing? How are you passing the time? Well, I'm you know I'm enjoying uh, Star Wars Day right now. Yeah, may um, the fourth be with you, brother. No, of course. You know, I got the I got a T-shirt off. You guys can see. You guys watching on YouTube. Um, and also I have a little bit of a surprise here, Rhett. Okay. All right. So you so, had told me before the show, and you had me nervous actually. But what you, you told think? me you're like, I've got a, a visual gag that I want to do, and I said, okay. Does it have anything to do with any of the topics we're covering today? And you said no, and I got a little bit worried. But we're gonna knock this bad boy out right here at the beginning of the show. What have you got, Evan? Well, real, real quick, what what could I possibly? What were you thinking? I don't know. So hopefully, <laughs> something that doesn't get us like thrown off of YouTube, because there's a lot mm. of things you can show that would get our channel deleted. <laughs> Almost immediately, so just think wisely here, friend. I, I trust in you, but yes, this is an exclusive gift for our friends watching us on YouTube. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Best way to watch the show. So what have you got, yeah. man? Well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I have I have this, this lightsaber here. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's an FX lightsaber, so I'm going to turn on really fast. It's pretty light out, so you may not be able to see it as good, but here we go. Ready? There you go. So it's blue, that's you coming, hear that little... That's coming yeah. through nice and good there. <laughs> you know, the thing, you can... So, Taking some shots. You know, if you guys know, it's either Luke Skywalker's or Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. So, like I said, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so it's a pretty cool um, pretty cool lightsaber. I also have a red one, but the blue one really shows up the best, so... Well, hell yeah. Uh, well, happy... Figured I- I bring it on the show. So. Happy Star Wars Day to you and yours, ladies and gentlemen. If you are a Star Wars fan, if you're a Star Trek fan, that's unfortunate because I don't know if they uh. have like a specific day. <laughs> but Star Wars is pretty kick-ass. I love it, dude. If you had to watch yeah. one movie today out of all of them, even the side movies, which one are you picking? Mm. Um, 
probably just because of how old I am. Now, this isn't the best movie, in my opinion, but it's probably my favorite to watch. It's probably Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Uh, the best one, I think, is probably what I think most people would agree. It's Empire Strikes Back. But for me, I think Revenge of the Sith, uh, the last battle with Anakin and Obi-Wan, um, that, that whole that whole sequence is great. Yeah. And like I like the lightsabers. And unfortunately, in the, the original ones, there's just not many lightsaber battles. Like I like them as movies, but entertainment-wise, I would probably say Revenge of the Sith. How, how about you? I think we could sit here and argue about Star Wars titles all day because when you brought up the lightsaber battles in the classic movies, I think that's what makes them so classic was you didn't see lightsaber battles often. So when they did, you knew some serious shit was about to go down. But if I had to pick one movie to watch today, Empire is a classic, no doubt. The original trilogy, of course. But I'm a really big fan of Rogue One, dude. I really like that movie. And I think it is one of the better standalone Star Wars movies that we have gotten over the past 10 years. Yeah, the only one I haven't really seen. I've never seen. I haven't seen Solo. Um, ah, that's you're the only not one. Much there. <laughs> I, I. That's why I wasn't really in a rush to see it um, <laughs> because I heard. I didn't hear great things about it. So it's all uh, right. It is what it is. But yeah. Luckily for the people listening, this is not a Star Wars podcast. So we're going to move on here. <laughs> we're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've got some news for you guys this week, and then a stellar show lined up as we opened up the Can of Fire Hotline. Had you guys call in at eight one three four three three zero three two three. Which, by the way, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail 24-7-365, the hotline is open. We will take your voicemail. We will break it down on the next episode of CFP. So today, we encouraged you all to call into the show. We're going to get into those in just a few minutes. But before we do that, let's go over some of the latest breaking news, believe it or not, for our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's definitely a slow time of the year. After the draft, we know that things slow down a lot. There's a lot of dull space. Normally, I think we would be gearing up for OTAs, the team kind of getting back into the building. It would probably already be underway right now. Yeah, Right. That's not happening right now. The NFL season is still slated to begin on time from everything we've heard. We just kind of have to see how the rest of this plays out. But the Bucs did make some moves this week. We'll talk about the first one, which is a lot bigger than the second one, let me guarantee you. So the first one... The Buccaneers picked up kicker Elliot Fry off of waivers, former Orlando Apollo's, uh, Apollo's kicker, world champs baby, in the Alliance of American Football. So, Elliot Fry, we had heard from a few people in the past few weeks. There's going to be some veteran presence the Bucks are looking for to get some competition in training camp for Matt Gay. And uh, Elliot Fry is the name they pull out of the hat. Is that the only kicker I think they're going to sign between now and training camp? Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Evan? Barring an injury, probably, um, unless, you know, like, like Matt Gay or Elliot Fry goes down. You know, you never know. But I think when when we were told a veteran kicker, a lot of people went to, okay, well, you got Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, so what's a top kicker? Um, you know, and a lot of people were thinking Steven Guskowski, who was released by the Patriots. Um, I thought that would have been a possibility, but, you know, their definition of a veteran you know, it's a little bit different because <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, I guess you could say Elliot Fry is a veteran since I, he's played. I believe I'm not sure if he's played in regular season game. I know he played in preseason games, but I'm not sure regular season games. But I mean, I wouldn't expect much else. I knew when they said there was going to be competition for Matt Gay, I, I knew it was not going to be much competition. Like it's just. They're hoping Gay wins the job, right? So yep. 
they're not they already had him compete last year with Cairo Santos. That was a real competition and Matt Gay won. So I don't think they want to sign Steven Guskowski and have an actual real competition again. I think they want to give Matt Gay, you know, enough confidence to to go out there and do his job. So I wouldn't expect another kicker brought on. I think those are the two they'll roll with, barring any injury. Yeah. So Elliot Fry, your latest addition to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the big news story. That's the big story that we had to get out of the that's, way, right? That's how you know it's a slow time. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's the, a big news. <laughs> the second one is not as breaking news, but it was uh, released this time about a week ago. The Buccaneers picked up the fifth-year option for tight end O.J. Howard in the 2020 season or 2021 season. Excuse me. Howard is the team's first-round pick of 2017, playing in the final year of his rookie deal and is set to earn a base salary of $1.9 million and will have a salary kip of around $3.5 million due to the proation of his $6.2 million signing bonus from OverTheCap.com. So O.J. Howard, Bucks picked up his fifth-year option. What exactly does this mean? Because right around this time two weeks ago, we were sitting here telling people, you know, don't be surprised if he gets traded during the draft. Uh, the draft mm-hmm. came and went. He did not get traded. And then we talked about it on the post-draft show and said, you know, it's it's kind of still up in the air. I think there's a possibility he still gets traded. But with this news coming out, it kind of screws everything up. Uh, not in a bad way, of course. I wouldn't mind OJ still being on the team, but is there a possibility he still gets traded? And I guess what does this mean for the Bucks moving forward? Well, I think there still is a possibility. Uh, you know, if the right offer comes along, they're going to pull the trigger. Um, to me, this gives them more flexibility with, with, with Howard because now instead of becoming a free agent after this season, he's becoming a free agent after next season. So, Let's say O.J. Howard has a really good year this year, you know, and, and you're still not sold on him. Yeah. You don't have to pay him. You can trade him, and you'll get a second or first-round pick. You know, you'll get, a, you know, a, a late first or early second-round pick, no problem probably. Yeah. You know, if, if his value's high again. So, you know, it, that and that's if you still, if you don't, if you're just looking at it and say, hey, like, we just want to get rid of this guy, whatever. Whereas if you declined it, he was in a free agent and walked for nothing. So, to me, it was a no-brainer move. I think once you decided that you weren't going to trade him, I think this was the the easiest option. Just pick up his option. It's it's still relatively cheap. It's about six million dollars, you know, and and just see how he plays. He's still got tons of potential, and just 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 see how it goes. Um, you know, you never know. A guy like that with potential and Tom Brady throwing the football. You don't know what's going to happen. Rob Gronkowski hasn't played a full 16 games. Uh, I think, man, it's like since 2015, he's only played like one full 16-game season or something. So, I mean, he's not really reliable in that sense. I know Cam Braid is, but if Rob Gronkowski goes down and you traded O.J. Howard, you know, you have Cam Braid and then basically Anthony Alclair and nobody. So, yeah. um, I think it was a harmless move, and it was it was the right move. Yeah, I like it. Like I said, I I don't mind O.J. Howard sticking around on this football team. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it before, and I think a lot of people feel the same. O.J. Howard is not a bad football player per se. He just had a bad season. And, yeah, that's a bad look for a lot of people, especially O.J. when you're still playing in your rookie deal. Those are developmental years. You want to see upward progress. But with O.J., of course, he just kind of stayed lateral, had a bad season last year. But I would like for him to be on this team. I think he does have a lot of potential. I think if you let him go right now, 
he could be a starter on 29 out of 32 NFL teams. So with that being said, those are your big buck headlines of the week. And I think it's the perfect time since we were talking about the OJ Howard story to move into our voicemails because the first voicemail we have is actually regarding the tight end room. So we're going to get into that right now. Our first voicemail comes to us out of the 904. What's going on, my man? Hey, guys, from Fire the Cannon. This is Aaron from New Mexico. Go Bucks! And I'm wondering, on the topic of us adding Gronk, do we run a three tight end set, or do we trade Bray or OJ this season to find something different? Aaron, out of New Mexico, thank you for calling, my friend. So his question was, with OJ sticking around and the addition of Rob Gronkowski, should we expect the Bucks to run some sort of three tight end set this season? Uh, should we expect a trade for either Cam or OJ? Because, you know, the jury's out on both of those guys, depending on what side of the table you're on. So I'll take this one, and then I'll toss it to you, Evan. Um, I, I don't think it's possible the Bucks run any sort of three tight end set. I don't know if that's like a real thing. Um, I, I would have to believe that if they keep all three of these guys on the roster, it's going to be rotational. Uh, for Gronk and probably more Gronk, I think if out of all three of them, I had to guess which one is going to be on the field the most for the Bucks offense in 2020, I think it'll be Cam Brate. Um, I, I just I think Gronk and OJ Howard will be the two guys rotating a lot if they do that. If they come out at a two tight end look, I think Cam's going to be the guy who's going to be there 100% of the time. And then with Gronk or OJ, it's 50-50. But what do you think, Evan? I know we kind of talked about the possibility of a trade with OJ, but... Even a possibility of a trade with Cam, barring he just restructured his contract, which I don't think is super possible. But uh, what do you think of Aaron's question? Well, I, you know, they they have run three tight end sets in the past. It's not something that's foreign to them. Uh, I believe there was a, there was a clip that I believe, I think it was Greg Allman who shared it on, on Twitter of you know in Detroit they ran a, a jumbo package with. Cameron Brayton, O.J. Howard. That was a spare parts at that point, though, once the Detroit game got around. (laughs) Yeah, it was early in the Detroit game, though, so I believe Chris Godwin was still in the game. Um, But they had Cameron Brayton, O.J. Howard on the right side, along with uh, Earl Watford there. He was the extra guy. So basically he was there as the extra offensive lineman, but it was the same formation as you would a three tight end set. So I do, I think they'll do it often. No, I think it'll mostly be two tight end sets, but, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see him do, especially in the red zone. Like, yeah. you know, three tight end sets, you know, you got Cameron Braid, who's a red zone or target. Rob Gronkowski is obviously a red zone target and OJ Howard, who's really athletic and you can put him out wide if you want. Um, the person who I think could see the field the most, I agree with you. I think it's Cameron Bray. Rob Gronkowski, you don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in exactly. Um, you know, he hasn't played football in a year. Plus, he's you know he's always been a little injury prone. So I think while he'll be productive, I just don't know if he's going to be on the field as much as a guy like Bray or maybe even a guy like Howard. Yeah. Um, and I just think that they, they know that Bray's reliable enough. So I think Cameron Bray is going to get a ton of looks at tight end. I think Tom Brady's really going to like Cam Bray uh, because, I mean, he doesn't drop much, you know? Yeah. And to address the other part of the question before we move on to our next voicemail here, he had brought up the trade, and I know we mentioned the trade with O.J. Howard literally five minutes ago. Um, he brought up Cam Bray as well. And, 
you know, I kind of put it in there that I don't think it is super possible, barring he restructured his contract, but do you think that's still a possibility, or if there's a trade at all, should we expect more of it to be OJ moving? Like, what's the deal there, you think? Uh, if you want me honest? Yeah, go ahead. Your connection your, your connection went out, so I didn't know oh, the question. Oh, <laughs> okay, it happens. So, all right. Let me just repeat what I said really quickly. He had brought up Cam Bray possibly being traded. Um, do you think Cam Braid is a guy that could possibly be traded, given he just restructured his contract? Or if there is a trade, should we expect it to be OJ? If it if there's a trade, I would expect it to be Howard. Um, I'd be surprised if Braid was traded. Uh, just like you said, I mean, when, when someone restructures a contract, that's almost guaranteeing their spot on the team um, for that coming season. Now, I mean, I'm not saying OJ is going to get traded tomorrow, but like if you were to be traded, maybe he's traded at the trade deadline, you know? Right. There are other, you know, a week before the season, there there are other options to just trading in the offseason. You can trade at any time before the trade deadline. So, I mean, maybe Cameron Bray gets moved at the deadline. I doubt it, but, like, I think if one's going to be moved, it, it's going to be Howard at this point. Yeah, I'm with you as well. We kind of talked about just how often he's been rumored on the trade block. You know, Cam Bray, a guy who's been around, uh, he showed consistency for the most part. And I think they just have a little bit higher expectations for him as of Howard right now because they're still in the feeling out process. They don't know if he's going to take that next step that they want him to take. But that is enough talk about OJ Howard. Let's get into our next voicemail. This one comes from our buddy Luke from the 757. What's going on, Luke? How you doing today, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, this is Luke out in Virginia. Um, I just wanted to call you also to talk about with this uh, week's schedule. For the books for this year, say so we got um, quarantine's lead. We got five primetime games, which is wonderful. But you know, it's a quote-unquote lead, so we don't know if it's real or not. Heard you know multiple other leaps. You know, I talked to you right about that before. Um, but I kind of want to see what y'all think about it. You know, but have a have a great day, guys. Luke, thanks for calling in, buddy. Glad we could get to your voicemail. So, he is bringing up the leaked quote-unquote schedule that was released, uh, I think, a little bit earlier this week. It's been floating around Twitter. There's been a few more people popping up saying that I've got a source that has confirmed this leak. Uh, I just want to dive into this right now. I, I don't... Anybody who is... Who is uh, Anybody who is reporting this as a leak, I'm not going to go out and say that they're wrong because they very well could have their own source that is right. But there was a schedule that's floating around on Twitter that has the Buccaneers with five primetime games, and it also has them opening up the season on Monday Night Football against Atlanta. Particularly, I don't believe this schedule is true. I don't think it's real. I don't think the Bucs are going to open the season on Monday Night Football against Atlanta. Um, I think they are going to get four to five primetime games, which is what a lot of people are talking about on this mock schedule, but I don't think they open up against Atlanta. I have to believe that with the Bucks, week one, the NFL, more so than the Bucks probably, is going to want them playing on a national stage. I don't think Atlanta versus the Bucks is a national attention grabber. If they want to open up the schedule against Kansas City on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, even the Thursday night game. If they want to open it up against New Orleans, you got Brady versus Breeze to start the season. I would believe it a little bit more, but to me, 
I just don't think that this schedule that people are talking about is the real deal. And we'll hopefully find out within the next week or two. But, Evan, what do you think of this, man? How do you feel about this leak schedule? Yeah, so, yeah, it, it's a mock-up, okay? That that schedule going around on Twitter is a mock-up. Now, recently there has been more buzz uh, from guys like J.P. Peterson um, that the, the the week one matchup is the, the Bucks versus Falcons on Monday Night Football, which, I mean, I could see where there's some appeal there. You know, it's a division rival game, two new uniforms, um, you know, exciting offenses. Matt Ryan versus Tom Brady, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you could you could make the case to where you could say, okay, maybe. But when you got other games on the lineup like New Orleans, just like you said, or, or Green Bay, um, you know, I, I I have a tough time seeing Atlanta being the team. Could it be? Absolutely. Like the the rumors could be true. Like we're not saying that. You know, this isn't happening in week one's New Orleans. We're not saying that. We're not reporting that. What we're saying is that the, the league schedule that was out there that many people are believing was indeed a, a mock-up. It was not a, an exact schedule. Yeah. Um, so could the Bucks have five primetime games, which I believe is the limit? Sure. Uh, I think they'd have at least four. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a Thursday night, a Monday night, a Sunday night, and then one extra, you know, n- night if there's four. Um, probably a, a Monday night, um, but you know, I I don't believe Kansas City is going to open the season in Tampa just because Super Bowl champions. It's always the opening night. Yep. Um, in 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 Kansas City, I'm not sure who Kansas City has on their home schedule, so I'm not sure if there's any like appealing opponents there for them. But I would doubt they they have to travel the road to open up the season. So I think yeah. Like the Saints or Packers makes a ton of sense if they wanted to do a national attention Sunday night football or Monday night football. Uh, one of those two things. But I mean, I could see a world where, where the Falcons is appealing to people. Yeah. No, it definitely, it definitely, it definitely is to me. Like it's not, you know. And that's the thing uh, as well. People have talked about, you know, I saw on Twitter somebody said to me, I think Atlanta versus Tampa Bay would be awful. I mean, let's look at it the way that history looks at it. Whenever the Bucks play the Falcons on primetime, they typically put on a show. Or at least it's a damn good game up until the last five minutes because that's how the Bucks seem to do things a lot. But for the most part, whenever they are on primetime, it is a very good game. Division battles in the NFC South, I think, are really good for national TV because it's the best division in football. You're going to get a competitive game every single time unless you're the Bucks playing in London against Carolina. Then we don't talk about those games, but you know what I'm saying. Another thing that was on this mock schedule before we move on here that I've brought up before, and this is like a dream game that I want because I know for a fact if it's on the schedule the way that I hope it is, Evan, I'm calling you up and I'm buying your season tickets if you're not going to that game because holy hell, I want to experience this. Monday Night Football, Bucks, Packers, under the lights in Tampa Bay. (laughs) If there's fans, right? I am nostalgic about it, and I have never even gone to those games. But as a Bucks fan, the sight of it, those yellow and white uniforms up against the red and pewter in Raymond James Stadium with thousands filled to capacity of screaming fans in Raymond James Stadium. Oh, my God, dude, I'm getting a little worked up right now. I think we need to move on. But with that – You're going to be so bummed when they wear white. (laughs) But with that being said, folks. But also, the, the schedule is supposed to come out by May 9th. So it's going to be sometime this week. Yeah, that's, um, that's what we're is, 
the rumor is Thursday because normally the schedule does come out on a Thursday. So maybe the, this Thursday we'll, we'll have some information about the actual schedule. So we'll see. Ab- absolutely. That's exactly what I was going to say was with that being said, folks, the NFL schedule is slated to be out. A uh, little update on that, by the way. There's been some reports coming out that there's not going to be any international games this year, which I think is I'm a sure, smart move. Sure the Bucks would have wished that happened last year. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, Jaguars fans got to be doing backflips right that. now, guys. Yeah, oh, man, Jags. Well, the Jaguars themselves are not, but Jaguars fans are. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they'll figure it out for those games. But um, no international games this year, so keep an eye out for that. But very, very smart, by the way. But. It's only a matter of time. So if you see any other schedule leaks, take it for what you will. You're allowed to believe it. You're allowed to not believe it. That's here's, the beauty of this country. But Here's what's going to be true about the schedule leaks. Yep. When you start to hear leaks, when let's say it is announced that it have it's happening on Thursday. And let's say around 1 o'clock p.m. or so on Thursday. Let's say the schedule is being released at 8 p.m. on Thursday. And around 1 or 2 o'clock, you start to hear one or two leaks, like random leaks, like week 9 is, right. one game. At, the, at, is, is at the New York Giants. That's probably true. So, I mean, if, if you're hearing stuff on the day of, it's probably true. But up until then, a lot of it's speculation. Absolutely. So at this point, folks, just sit back, relax. We will know soon enough. And then, of course, we'll be here to talk to you about it on an episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Our season prediction show is not coming up sooner rather than later. We normally do that end of July, early August, but keep an eye out for that when the season comes out. That'll be a lot of fun, and I'm sure we'll find a way to incorporate you guys into it as well. Now, let's move on. We have got another voicemail. This one comes from our buddy Max, and he's actually got a product he's pushing to you guys. We typically don't like people calling the phones to promote themselves, but... This guy did it right. So what have you got, Max, out of the 347? What's up, buddy? Hey, Bucks fans. This is Max from Danger Pop. If you're looking for exclusive Bucks posters and graphic T-shirts, follow me on Instagram at danger underscore pop. That's danger underscore pop on Instagram. We're constantly releasing original Bucks materials you won't find anywhere else. Hit us up so that you're ready for the new season. Stay safe. And go Bucks. Max, thank you so much for calling in, my man. Folks, if you are not familiar with Max, I wanted to give him a quick shout-out because we've shown him some love in the past, and he has returned the favor, so it's the least we can do. Our buddy Max with Danger Pop, you can go check him out on Instagram, Danger underscore Pop. He has been putting out these kick-ass prints. He is a tattoo artist. I don't know if he's local to Tampa or not off the top of my head, but he is a tattoo artist putting out some of the coolest prints that I have ever seen when it comes to Buccaneers fan material. You might have seen the picture floating around. We posted it on our Cannon Fire podcast Instagram. Go follow us there if you haven't. But it is a like a comic book style picture of Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Vita Vea, and Dominica Sue. And the personality that goes into this, like I said, it is nothing like you have ever seen before. Think of a comic book style just taken to the max. And pun intended, Max, our buddy from Danger Pop, is doing a fantastic job. He's actually sending me a shirt of the Skull Gang drawing that he did. So I'm expecting that. And of course, once it gets here, I'll wear it on the show and I'll show it to you guys. Make sure you go check him out. Max at Danger underscore Pop. I believe he's also on Twitter. Don't know about Facebook, but he has got some fantastic work. So make sure you guys go check that out. Evan, have you seen some of his stuff, dude? Yeah, that stuff's sick. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, 
think I, I may also be be getting a t-shirt so uh you know we're, we're def- definitely excited for it i mean yeah but you guys i mean he also doesn't have um you know he doesn't have just the the shack barrett and right. you know the d-line one he's got a really cool wide receiver one as well so it's got mike evans chris goblin on it so um you know he's got just posters t-shirts it's it's really really neat it's all about supporting the buccaneer fan community and when you got guys like this doing fantastic work the least we can do is give them a shout out so make sure you guys go check out max and his work at danger pop now let's get into our last voicemail and it is our final voicemail of the show but it is about a topic that i think we have been neglecting um we really haven't talked about it so i am saving it for this time and this place to talk about it say what we need to say about it, and then move on and, frankly, never talk about it again. This next voicemail, our last of the show, comes to us out of the 571. What is going on, my man? Hey, what up? This is Renato Ali from Virginia. I was wondering, I'm a big Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. I was just wondering, because Jameis Winston threw for over 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, led the lead in passing yards, second, I believe, in touch. I think it was third in touchdown passes. I was just wondering, why is he not getting like, why is he not getting a starting position? Like, I understand that he went to Tampa Bay behind a Hall of Fame quarterback, Drew Brees, great coach from Sean Payton, could learn how to limit his turnovers. My dog is going crazy. I'm probably, I don't really ever hear that, but. I'm just wondering why is he not getting the attention that he deserves? There's no way that there's 32 starting quarterbacks that are better than James Winston. So I was just wondering that. Not Ali out of Arizona. Thank you for calling in, my man. This is a loaded question because, as Bucks fans, I'm sure are very familiar with. There has been a lot going on with former quarterback Jameis Winston this week. We briefly mentioned it on the last episode, but if you are not caught up. Let me fill you in. Jameis Winston, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, is now the third-string quarterback behind Taysom Hill, a guy who has thrown, I don't know, 10 passes in his career. He plays for the New Orleans Saints now. And this is a move that has divided Bucs fans more than Jameis's initial existence did. I think one of the most <laughs> enigmatic players in Buccaneers history is now a New Orleans Saint, and this has the fan base even more 50-50 than they were before. So, let me not forget the question that was asked. Of course, this is a hot topic, but there was a question attached to it. Jameis led the league in passing last year. He was second place in touchdowns. He threw 33. He threw 30 interceptions. Let's not forget about that part either. But there were a lot of good stats for Jameis Winston that he brought to the table. Compared to any other quarterback in the NFL, he was the only one bringing forth the season that he did. I think the only quarterback who will ever have that season in the history of the NFL until, for whatever reason, his son is playing in Tampa and throws 40 interceptions in a year. I don't know. That's typically how that stuff goes. But with that being said, the question was, with everything attached to Jameis, why did it take him so long to get signed, and why was he signed to be a third-string quarterback, of all things? at $1.1 million, when at one point we were talking on the show about how his camp was wanting $27, $28 million, and that's what they expected his market value to be. Time went by, time went by, he wasn't signed, and then he signs with the Saints for $1.1 million. I can understand the career move. 
He wants to sit behind Drew Brees and Sean Payton, sure, learn a bunch about football, since he doesn't have to Google anything now, by the way, you know. Oh. But, Evan, let me just toss this to you before I get carried away, and then I'll throw my two cents out there. Why do you think it took Jameis so long to get signed, and what are your opinions on him now, before we just never really bring it up again? (laughs) Well, I think this virus really didn't help. Um, Yeah. Because, I mean, the dude had LASIK eye surgery, and he also had, I believe, surgery on his meniscus. Men- Ugh, sorry, I cannot speak. Meniscus. Yep, there you surgery go. Surgery for a tough- torn meniscus. Yeah, that's a tough word to say. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess. Um, but, I mean, teams are going to want physicals on this guy, and they just weren't available. Um, so that had something to do with it. Uh, another thing is, you know, he is so polarizing that some teams think he sucks. Other teams think he's really good. <laughs> you know, the difference is the teams that think he's really good may, might already have their answer at quarterback and have no need for him. So, you know, there's a lot of questions as to why would, you know, James wants to not come back for essentially nothing. Um, because, I mean, he basically signed for nothing, um, you know, to come back to Tampa. And it's just that you would not want to divide the locker room like that. That's That was not going to happen. It was never right. going to happen. So in this case now, James Winston is going into New Orleans and he's not going to be dividing the locker room because like for the first so time the in reason, his career, he's going to be taking yeah. a back seat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's here. So here's the thing. A lot of people would say, well, OK, Tom Brady and Drew Brees are both great quarterbacks, so he wouldn't be dividing the locker room in Tampa either. Those players already have a rapport with him. You know, some players probably prefer James Winston to, to Tom Brady. You know, some people probably prefer Tom Brady to Jameis Winston. There's probably a lot of people in that organization right now that do. You know, I'm not, you know, there's probably some receivers or some tight ends or running backs that are like, you know, oh, man, we'd rather have Jameis or, oh, man, you know, rather Brady. Glad we got Brady. Um, You know, so that just wouldn't have worked. So he goes into New Orleans and he he is essentially a third string quarterback. So I, I see it as Taysom Hill is an actual quarterback. Um, he's just a, a super annoying gadget player that seems to work. Um, and I think the actual quarterbacking, like what happened when Drew Brees went down last year, Taylor they didn't Bridgewater put, Taysom, came they, in, went they didn't put Taysom, they, they didn't put Taysom Hill in there. So I think that would be the same situation. I think Jameis Winston is going to come in and be the guy if Drew Brees goes down. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, I still think they'll get. Taysom Hill some looks, but I mean, everybody's talking about this guy's the future. He's like 31 years old. That guy is not the future. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think I think Jameis Winston definitely is the, the backup, even though he may be labeled as the third string guy. I think if Drew Brees were to go down, they would not put Taysom Hill in there over Jameis Winston. So my thoughts on Jameis Winston, you know, some of his comments that he's recently made about, you know, not having to Google stuff and I think it was in bad taste. I think he'd probably take them back as well. James Winston, the human being, is a fantastic person. Um, he just at, it, you know, he's. I mean, he's already doing that stuff in the Tampa Bay community. Absolutely. Uh, you look at what he did just this week. He was out handing out food on the side of the road to people in need. And it's a great point that you brought up because we can talk about Jameis Winston as the football player all day long and how, me personally, I don't support Jameis Winston, the football player, anymore simply because he's in a Saints uniform. But Jameis Winston, the person, 
There has never been any issue there. He is a stand-up role model, and I'm glad he is still helping out the Tampa Bay community. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think that's just something that needed to be said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's uh, he could have said, hey, you know, screw you guys. I'm out. Um, you know, he, he could have said that. He could have been like, hey, I don't, I don't play for you no more. I'm going to go to New Orleans and start stuff there. But, you know, he's sticking to his roots here in Tampa. And this is where, I mean, this is going to be the first time he's playing football outside of Florida in, what, seven years? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's a big step for him. And I think, you know, he's really grown as a person and his maturity level. But, you know, the football player, he's not going to change. Um, maybe the interceptions do go down. He's not going to throw 30 again. I'll tell you that. He's never going to throw 30 interceptions again in, in his career. Um in one season, I should say, but I just think that he's. If people think that this guy's magically going to become a guy that throws twenty-five touchdowns and eight interceptions every season, that's just, that's not going to happen. So he's going to stay the same. He's just still going to be entertaining as ever, and I wish him the best. Um, but you know, I cover the Bucks. I do not cover the Saints. I do not cover James Winston. I cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers football team. This is not the the Tampa Bay James Winston's. This is not the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's. It, it's the Buccaneers. And, you know, once Tom Brady retires, you know, yeah, ain't, ain't going to be following his career. Um, you know, so James Winston, wish you the best of luck. But, um, you know, hopefully you do well in every game except for uh, when, when you're playing the Bucks. So if you get the chance to play the Bucks this year. I think he summed it up perfectly, brother. It's some things are bigger than football, yes, but we got to look at this from a football perspective, of course, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers football podcast. What the hell else do we talk about here on the show? With that being said, I was a big Jameis supporter. If you have listened to the show at all over the past few years, you would have picked that up. Sometimes Evan really had to reel me back in because for a long time I was the eternal optimist, and still a lot of ways I am. I'm not. That's not just going to go away but that tells you how much I like the guy and how much I supported him, and at times how much I defended him. But this move from him, it, it just, oh, man, going to the Saints. I get it. I get it. And let's talk about some of the other reports that came out as well. There was an offer. I'm sorry. There was a report that came out from uh, Nick Citro of Bucks Report. He had said that the Steelers offered, the, uh, Steelers offered Jameis a more lucrative offer, and he took less money to go play in New Orleans. There has been a ton of dispute about that report. Mark Madden went on Pat McAfee's show and basically called Citro an amateur blogger boy. He doesn't know what he's talking about, all of this stuff. Granted that Mark Madden could kind of be an ass sometimes, but a lot of dispute with that report. Regardless of if he took less money or not, he is a New Orleans Saint, and uh, I won't support him while he's in a Saints uniform because that is our division rival. I am red and pewter blood through and through, and I can't do it. Sorry, buddy. He's a great football player. He's a great community guy, and I'm glad that we had him on our football team. I liked watching him play football, but I will enjoy watching him throw interceptions in New Orleans if he mm. gets the chance to play. And I will leave it at that. Well, Let's let talk. me ask you something. Do you think, obviously, this could be down the line? It could definitely be down the line and could not even, you know, do you think he plays a meaningful snap in New Orleans? Yeah. Meaning, like, meaning like either Drew Brees goes down 
or like James is there next year? Like, or do you think this is just really a one year thing and James is hopeful that he's going to get more than $1.1 million from somebody next year, which I'm sure he will. I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly what I was going to go into was the longevity of this because people can look at it and they see just a one year deal, but there's a lot of people who like you brought up, see a trial run. If Jameis, for whatever reason this season, can get in and play some meaningful snaps, maybe he can be that guy for New Orleans when Drew Brees has that broadcasting job waiting for him after retirement. I don't think Taysom Hill is the guy. I don't think the Saints want to look at the draft. I don't think they want to look at free agency. So, I mean, with that quarterback room, if he can learn and take some meaningful snaps, yes, he could. That's actually a big concern of mine is – would he be that next guy for New Orleans? And I say, good Lord, I hope not. Because if we get to a world where he is that next guy, that means he has shown some major improvement, at least when it comes to the interceptions. And I feel like that's a guy who's going to have the upper hand on him because I think that's the whole reason New Orleans signed him was to get a one-year trial of the Bucs playbook, at least the best that they possibly could have, get some insider information from a guy who was handed the franchise for five years and see if they can get the one-up on the Bucs who were looking to win the division. That's what I think. But I mean, so Jameis has put himself in a tough spot. So let's say he doesn't play a single snap, right? Let's say Drew, Drew Brees doesn't get injured often, okay? Right. Let's say he doesn't play a single snap, but he's a free agent, and the Saints want to bring him back. They're not going to pay him $10 million a year. $10 million a year for a starting quarterback is a bargain, but they're not going to pay him that. Yeah. They're going to be like, we'll give you five. We just gave you one. <laughs> so we'll give you five. So immediately he's setting himself up for a very small contract. If And it's going to have to be a one- or two-year deal. Um, if he's, you know, because he's going to have to do basically two trial runs, I think. Yeah. Uh, because I think, you know, for any NFL team, that's just, you know, let's say he goes somewhere else next year. You know, any NFL team, he's going to have to do a trial run. I mean, do I think, you know, he's going to be the guy in New Orleans for the next 10 years? I don't. Just because I, I think, you know, the interceptions, I, like I said, I don't think he's going to change. I think the interceptions are going to catch up. He'll be in the league a long time, but I just think, you know, longevity-wise, starter-wise, I don't know if he can do that. Yeah. Um, well, I hope he can for his sake, uh, but but we'll see. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of – I just don't envision him getting much playing time. So I'm really interested – to see, you know, hopefully a normal, completely normal offseason next offseason with no, you know, no restrictions or anything on travel and stuff like that. And you're able to negotiate deals in a, in a normal fashion. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with them. And I think the circumstances of everything going on right now is what has made this such a crazy landscape for free agent quarterbacks at this time. I mean, we just talked about Jameis Winston getting signed to a backup deal for the Saints. Cam Newton is still unsigned. I'm sure that there's some teams mm-hmm. interested in him, but with a lot of the restrictions going on, you're well, able to fly those guys out for physicals, get him in touch with the team, meet him in person. There's mm-hmm. a lot of red tape covering what's going on, and it's not the fault of any one person in particular. It's just kind of the way the world works right now, but I agree with you. I think the perspective that you brought up is one that I haven't really thought about a whole lot simply because I've just been angry about the move the entire time, but it's interesting to see what could happen because let's say Jameis Winston does not play any meaningful football. He's in a very awkward situation. And if he's looking to hit free agency after that one-year deal is up, 
sign with any other team in the NFL that isn't in the NFC South, that 33 touchdown, 5,000 uh, yard season is going to look a lot less fresh on his resume. Yeah, it's, it's going to be two seasons away. You, they're going to basically say, okay, but you sat for this year and you made a million dollars. So why are we going to give you anything close to starter money? Yeah. We'll give you this. We'll, we'll give you maybe even like $8 million. We'll give you $8 million for one year and see how you do. He's yeah. going to have to do a trial run. That's even with the Saints. The Saints can sign him to a one-year deal and say you are the starter, you know, like you're the guy, and just see how it goes. It, it's I think that's what's going to have to happen. Now the difference between James Winston and Cam Newton, and this is the last thing I'm going to say on this subject. Um, so Cam Newton, the rumor is that Cam Newton doesn't want to be a backup at all, whereas James Winston has really sort of swallowed his pride, and I mean he accepted a very small contract there i mean there's there's no reason that this guy should be making only one million dollars um 30 interceptions or not this dude is definitely worth high-end backup money i mean andy dalton just got three million guaranteed seven million total from the cowboys there's no reason that james winston shouldn't be making more than andy dalton so cam newton i don't know what he's gonna do but um there's a big difference between cam newton's situation and james winston's situation no, I get you, man. I'm just saying for free agency in general. I didn't mean to compare Jameis and Cam. Yeah, directly, yeah, I understand. But just I mean, every... it, it's definitely hurt both of them, both yeah. those guys, yeah. um, especially Newton, because I mean, Jameis didn't really miss time. Newton missed time. He missed, yeah. you know, he missed a good portion. He missed the rest of the year, I believe, right? Yeah, I don't think he got in at I all. I think they rode. I don't with, think he um... played. Yeah. Kyle yeah. Allen, Kyle yeah. Allen, and I think Will Greer played like a snap or two. And apparently, he was awful. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He's always been bad. So, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, we have spoken our piece on Jameis Winston, and I hate that we have to say this, but unless for whatever reason this upcoming season he gets in the game to play against the Buccaneers, that is the last time we are going to talk about Jameis Winston on the Cannon Fire podcast. We are going to look forward. Crazy to think, isn't it? It's the end of an era. It definitely <laughs> is. Five years. The entire time that this show has been around, he was our quarterback, but now he is not, and we are focused on what is ahead. We're focused on 2020, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, and all the other pieces that we know are going to do just as well on that defense. We're focused on our Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we are excited to see what these guys can do in the upcoming season. Evan, that's really all I got for the show, man. Did you have any topics you wanted to go over? No, not really. Um, I, You know, guys, it's going to be a really slow point, and I, uh, we have some – some interesting, exciting things that could possibly be coming up regarding the show. Could be football-related, could not be football-related. Just going to try to have fun with you guys. Is it, is, it the, is it the Star Wars podcast? Are we going to tell them about that? Oh, we definitely could. I'm, I'm down to a Star Wars episode anytime. <laughs> we could incorporate, like, the Bucks in it, too. Like, who would be, you know, Yoda and stuff like that. It could be, right. like, you know, Bruce Arians and and uh, Yoda. And then Luke Skywalker is James Winston, but Luke Skywalker fails. And, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my um, God, gets his hand cut off? Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, James Winston was wearing the gloves, so. Uh, you just broke the rule. You just said that's the last time we're going to talk well, about him on the show. I mean, you're hey, like, there you go. Star, Star Wars, man. Hey, people have tossed Star out this Wars. claim left and right, and I'm going to leave it at this before we wrap up the show. The most talked about quarterback in Tampa Bay history. Will that ever change? If Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, you're damn right it'll change. But if he doesn't, who the hell knows? But ladies and gentlemen... 
That's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening to our show, whether it's on any of the major podcasting platforms or checking us out on YouTube. If you have not already, I'm sure you have learned by this episode, YouTube is the ultimate way to experience CFP. We have got the visual setup going, new and improved, bright red colors. You can see this awesome Tampa Bay Buccaneers vintage wash bleach shirt that I just got in the mail for less than 20 bucks. That's what you can look forward to, that type of content. Nothing else. Not even the lightsaber that Evan pulled out earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. That's that's nothing compared to what the outfit I've got on right now is. But make sure you go subscribe to our channel. Leave some comments for us. Give us some feedback. And, of course, subscribe if you have not already. We are very close to 1,000 subscribers. A huge milestone ahead on YouTube. We're looking forward to getting there. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can just search it up and find us. You can follow all the updates going on with the show and, of course, a great source for Buccaneers news. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-A-G-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. You can follow my co-host Evan Wanish on Instagram at BucksWave, the number one Buccaneers fan page, and on Twitter at EvanNFL. What are you tweeting about today for, uh, for Star Wars Day, by the way? Any special tweets going out? Not really. Um, I tweeted the the special. I always like when Twitter does like the special occasions with with you do a hashtag. It does like a little emoji. Yeah. So I just tweeted it may the fourth be with you, and that the emoji is like two lightsabers like crossing, so it's like an X. Hell yeah. So I thought that was that was pretty neat, but no, I've been um, well. TBS has been showing. So I watched Revenge of the Sith last night. Then I watched A New Hope this morning. I watched Empire Strikes Back this morning, and I watched Return of the Jedi. And then I watched about half of The Force Awakens before I came here to do this. So, well, I didn't um, mean to interrupt your viewing. Party. No, Sorry. absolutely. I mean, I got Disney Plus, so I can uh, I can always go back. And Disney Plus just released The Rise of Skywalker today. So, yeah. um, you, you know, go. I saw I saw it in the theaters twice, but I'll probably have to go back and watch it one more time. There you go, brother. Happy Star Wars Day to you and yours. If you are listening out there and a big fan, we really do appreciate you. And may the fourth be with you. Before we sign off, we do have to give a quick shout out to our sponsors at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. We have talked about endlessly how the world is a crazy place right now. And you have to count on small businesses to keep their doors open. Especially if you and yourself have a podcast, a small business, a brand that you're trying to push. Pinecrest Printing is the perfect place for you to call. Pick up the phone and dial 813-684-5444, and RJ and his experienced staff can get you whatever you need. They handle apparel, they do stickers, they do banners, any type of signage, big metal signs, they can do it for you, vehicle wraps, anything and everything under the sun to help you grow your business and look as professional as possible. They're going to make sure it gets done. They're open Monday through Friday in the Brandon, Tampa area, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can give them a call once again at 813-684-5444, or you can check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. I am Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and we appreciate you guys listening to our show. We'll catch you next time, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.